It's officially story time in Boston as Trevor Story got introduced as a Boston Red Sox today. What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Ignazuski, and I'm the Massachusetts Pirates team insider. And welcome back to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen every single day. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Nesson writer, Lauren Campbell. And Lauren and I had the opportunity to be joined by a very special guest, Chris Henrik, who is the founder of Beyond the Monster and also co-host of Into the Triangle podcast. And during this episode, we sort of break down the Trevor Story press conference, talk a little bit about some interesting things that we got from the press conference, as well as touched on some of the first cuts of spring training. Talked a little bit about where we see some of those players playing during the 2022 season, and if they really have a future in Boston. So buckle up for this episode, because it's definitely a fun one. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are here with a very special guest. He's the founder of Beyond the Monster Network and the host of the Into the Triangle podcast, Chris Henrik. So how are we doing today, Chris? I'm good, guys. Excited to be on the show and talk a little bit of Red Sox. Absolutely, man. So uh, we saw the Red Sox unfortunately get their first loss of spring training Uh of this season, uh, 10 to four to the twins. And right after, uh, or excuse me, right before that game started, there was this very exciting press conference of new second baseman. It's weird saying that, uh, Trevor story, uh, getting introduced. So what, what was your, uh, initial reaction of that whole press conference? So <clears throat> I woke up this morning and I saw the, the tweet from the Red Sox finally announcing that Trevor story was going to be a member of the Red Sox. And first off, it was more relief. Um, you know, I know leading up the last couple of days, the reason why it's taken probably as long as it has been to announce him has been more roster related versus anything else. But, you know, sometimes being a skeptical Boston fan, you have that doubt that starts to creep into the back of your mind. Could there be something wrong medically? Is there, is there a hang up? Could something have happened that, you know, we don't know about yet? And then, you know, to finally see that tweet come down and it was finally announced it was, it was that relief and then that excitement. You know what I mean? Like it's, for me, the last time I got really excited about a player that the Red Sox signed was Manny Ramirez. And I remember it was like 11 o'clock at night. And this is before like you could go on Twitter and you can do and find out your news just at the drop of the hat. I remember I was watching Nesson and they announced that, you know, Manny Ramirez was going to sound the Red Sox. And it was like 11 at night. And I was so excited. I woke my parents up. And then, you know, so I had that same, and again, they're not the same player, but I saw that same excitement level because it felt like the Red Sox, they were players again. And they were players again in getting someone who can come here to Boston and make a huge difference. And I was even more excited about the anti, like, Hein Bloom crowd. Like, this is really something to go ahead and say to those, to that group of people, like, you know what, he really does want to spend money. He does want to improve this team. So um, I was, I was, 
ecstatic on that. You know, um, I probably shot off 15 tweets in a matter of like 30 minutes um, right after that signing. So uh, the signing was announced. So excitement, relief, and then uh, the press conference that was great. Was there anything that stood out to you in particular, it, whether it was something maybe Story said or Sam Kennedy mm-hmm. or High and Bloom? Yeah, it, actually, when when Trevor Story said he's the second baseman this year, like that comment sure. like resonated with me. I so I screen recorded the press conference because I wanted to go back and watch it again, and I wanted to make sure that I heard that right. So I stopped listening to the press conference for a quick second. I went back to it. I'm like, well, that's really interesting in the way that he put that, you know, saying I'm the second baseman this year leads me to kind of, you know, you want to surmise and speculate, well, it, does that mean he's either shortstop moving forward going into uh, 2023, you know, what conversations are being had behind the scenes that we have no idea about where are the Red Sox working on something with, with Xander to pay him as a shortstop and then slide him over somewhere else. Um, so I thought that comment, was was really telling out of the whole piece um and i i liked really how Bloom kind of humanized trevor story versus mm-hmm. i think as as baseball fans we're so caught up into you know what did he hit last year what did he hit away from course field and how many home runs did he hit and here's this spray chart that i've seen 45 times on twitter and the amount of home runs that he would hit at fenway whereas heim you know, he, he was trying to, as a fan, make us think a little bit more globally about the player, which I thought was nice. And to, you know, there's more to Trevor Story than him potentially hitting 35 bombs for the Sox this year and playing an outstanding second base. So um, those are the two, like, for me, major, you know, takeaways from that press conference. Um, I love the fact, too, that the players were all there for it. Seeing those pictures after the fact of just <clears throat> huddled around together, um, I think, you know, Haim really sent a message, that front office sent a message to those players by saying, you know, what you guys did last year, we don't think it's a fluke. And, you know, we want to continue to invest into the uh, on-field product. And here's the next phase of that. I love that you said about Haim Bloom humanizing Trevor's story. Because one yeah. of the first things Story said was he's him, him and his family are so excited to be here. This was a, the right move for him and his family. He talked to his family about moving to second base. Like it was constant family, family, family. And we've mentioned this before, how that like people kind of forget that these are human beings. They have lives like you and I. They have families. They have relationships. Some of them have children. And that is a whole other thought process they need to go into because if Trevor story stinks in Boston, he's going to know it and he's going to know it right away. And Mm -hmm. I think that's when you have that, that humanizing factor, it shows that this front office genuinely cares about their players. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that that's gotta be something as we as sports fans need to kind of evolve with, you know, and as I said a little while ago, it's, we're so wrapped up in, really, what does the back of that baseball card say about player X? You know, whereas there is so much more to it. Even the lead up of, you know, story potentially signing with the Red Sox and just, you know, multiple different Twitter accounts saying, you know, various different things. You know, for example, there was one talking about how he's from Texas and the Texas Rangers are the favorites and started to give a little bit of insight um, about like the family and everything else. And it's, I think those are pieces that we don't want to look at. Whereas the second, if a player doesn't sign, we immediately blame the front office. Well, it wasn't enough money or Hein wouldn't want to spend 
it's a two-way street. That player needs to want to come here as well. That player needs to want to be a part of moving a family to the city of Boston and, or the outskirts of Boston. And, you know, it's, it's a major move for them, despite how much money that these guys are going to ultimately make. So, um, and I, and I hope that the Red Sox continue to bring in those style of players too. you know, bring in people that are good quality players. Cause the last thing that you want to be as, as a sports fan of any team is, you know, I'm still going to root for the laundry that they're going to wear. It's sometimes really hard to swallow a player that, may or may not deserve to wear your team's, you know, logo across their chest. And I think, you know, there's probably some instances we can immediately think about throughout the country now where there's players that have moved on to other teams and there's fans that are probably passionate about a specific, we'll call it football team, and they have a, a new quarterback that they may not be the most craziest about right now. And it's that dilemma that you have to deal with as a fan. You know what I mean? So I'm happy that the Red Sox are uh, not putting us in that position, hopefully. That's something that I, I've noticed that Haim has done with every single signing that he's made is, and I, I don't really think I've seen any um, like general manager or, or, you know, president of football or baseball operations really be as open as he is about sort of like the background of the character of the person. You know, we, we usually see um, teams wanting to get guys on what they're going to do specifically on the field. But with Haim, you know, he even talked about it, you know, with Kike when he brought Verdugo over, just how their how their personality is going to fit within the clubhouse, uh, how that energy is going to help motivate the team and how that ultimately helps them win on the field. Yeah, you know, if you look at just even going back to the Verdugo piece, you know, it just here's someone that he is fit in so nicely within what the Red Sox, you know, that that clubhouse. He's just so fiery and passionate. And, you know, for me, like, I, I'm not, when it came to sports, like, I've, you know, I've, that ship has sailed. So, but when I played, whenever I, whatever I would play, heart and passion was always triumphed over the talent aspect of it. And with, with Verdugo, I feel like I can connect and relate to that. Now, he's got the talent to back that up, but I can appreciate, you know, that, that, that fire, that intensity. Um, I mean, we got to see it last year when that Yankee fan threw the ball and hit him in the back at Yankee Stadium and just how fired up and, and how, I mean, granted, I would be the same exact way if someone, you know, fired a fastball at my back while I was playing left field. But um, you could just see it with his teammates, what, what the teammates say, and, and even just down to the most basic thing, like with Plowecki and just having that creative mindset of like, Hey, I'm going to bring the team together by we're going to do a, a laundry car and we're going to throw the player in there and we're going to, you know, have fun with that piece, you know? So um, I think if, if fans, and I know a lot of our fans do a lot Red Sox fans, we're so, we're so passionate and we're in, we are a very smart fan base when it comes to understanding our players. There's so much that you can learn about these guys and who they are off the field that just completely like enhances what you get to see as a player. And, and I think for me, it was probably why, I, you know, cause with blogging and podcasting, as much as I've been doing for the last two and a half years, you begin to learn about these guys, you know, it made that past, you know, off of fall, you know, where they're in the postseason so much more special and just to feel that intensity and just that fire that our fans are seeing. And so, um, I hope that, like I said, I hope the Red Sox seem to put a premium on getting those style of players. Yeah, and it, I said this about last year's team, how even though the J.D. Martinez's, the Xander Bogarts and the Raphael Devers, they 
obviously had great seasons. It was those quote unquote smaller guys where you saw that big pop. You saw Christian Arroyo even, and even Jose Iglesias, who was brought in in September, mm-hmm. couldn't even play in the playoffs, was just chilling in the dugout with them, just hyping them up and just being a good teammate, even though he couldn't play. Like it's guys like that that make so make a big difference, not just on the field, but in the clubhouse. And when you have good chemistry, you're gonna that's gonna translate to the field. I hope that you are enjoying our conversation so far with Chris Henrique. But first, before we get into segment two, I just wanted to take a second to talk to you about Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I've actually used Bet Online a few times, and it's actually one of the easiest betting sites that I've used. And they have some great odds, great information. If you're somebody who doesn't really know a lot about betting, they have a lot of resources on their website to help you understand what you're actually spending your money on. So if you're going to trust any betting site, definitely trust betonline.net. And I also want to thank you guys so much again for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen. Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to go out, go out and check out the rest of the podcasts on the Locked On Network. Some, some of them like Locked On A's. Locked on Astros, Locked on Blue Jays. They're all doing a great job of covering the sport of baseball, as well as look at some of the other ones, Locked on Bengals, because Locked on Network is the number one spot to get all your sports information. And I, I, it's, I think it's probably a big reason, too, that it helped catapult them as far as they did. I mean, the other piece, too, and Haim even said this in the press conference today, which is, for me, when you hear Haim Bloom talk, he's very, like, cryptic. And he's very scripted what he says, but I also found where he said, you know, like we barely made the playoffs and, um, you know, with him, with him kind of just like saying that, like, we barely got in, um, it's granted, well, it's the truth. And we, we got to see that for him to acknowledge that. And then, you know, he basically said, we, to me, like, Hey, we barely got in. I got to put a premium on getting this style of player. And you can already just see it too, with the, the pictures of, and the Instagram and all these videos are just the chemistry that the guys are already forming with Trevor Story, you know, and just the the photos of just seeing um, him and Xander do batting practice together. And then that double play duo that they, the combination that they had with that, that uh, video came out. Um, so the chemistry piece is, is so huge. I am going to miss Iglesias though. I, I, I too. just, too. his glove and he's just a fiery little player. <laughs> um, ironic that he's going to go and replace Trevor Story at shortstop out in Colorado. Um, so, I mean, who knows? I mean, the Rockies are, they're trying to put together, you know, a club again, but you know, maybe if he's available and the Red Sox are in it and they need another utility infielder down the, uh, down the stretch, maybe I can get a, uh, places reunion again. 
All, all that we can hope and pray for is that he does it before the uh, September sort of cutoff so he can actually play in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, one, one thing with the Iglesias is I, I bet you guys saw this of um, him helping out Christian Arroyo with um, there was like a bunt situation and, you know, he, he was in the dugout helping him sort of figure out a better way that he could have done it. Like that, that sort of like teammate stuff is great to see. And um, as well as I thought it was really cool hearing about how many uh, players from the Red Sox uh, reached out to Trevor to try and recruit him. And one narrative that has really sort of frustrated me throughout this process, and I get it, I, it makes sense, is, is the uh, Trevor story against Xander Bogarts that Trevor Story is here to take Xander Bogarts' position and um, that th that they are in a comp some sort of competition. And, you know, you saw some people on Twitter like, why would Xander try and recruit his replacement? But at the end of the day, Xander is essentially the captain without the C on his jersey. And, you know, he wants to win as, as all the rest of us. The, um, the Xander versus Trevor Story piece, that is – that's for the Boston media to be able to generate and have content and, you know, be able to have something to talk about. And it's going to be turned into something that probably shouldn't be a thing. Right. Um, the Red Sox, they need to, you know, first of all, so like they need to get Devers squared away. And then in the process, maybe try to like link the two together and try to be able to get both those guys and those deals done. So at least from the, like that fan perspective, we can stop doing, in creating that narrative of Bogarts versus Story. For me, I just want to see both those guys go out there, have career years, build that chemistry, um, you know, turning double plays, um, playing the infield together. You know, Trevor Story will be able to, you know, spell some time for Xander when he gets a day off here or there over at shortstop. Um, so hopefully, you know, that, that conversation will die down. But what's ended up happening is the first, the first game that, that Xander goes and, and boots a ball. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be that conversation. Well, why is Xander playing shortstop? Whereas like last year, I don't really remember there being much conversation on, we really need to replace Xander Bogart to shortstop from a defensive perspective. Like I don't really, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but I don't really recall that being a conversation. All of a sudden now, every, Everyone on Twitter who, as an example, who is deep into the, the analytics, they're giving you all of these different advanced metrics and why he shouldn't be there. And it's like, well, you weren't shouting that out last year, again, at least to my knowledge. So um, I, I just want to see these two guys build some chemistry together, have a good year offensively and see this team win a World Series, let everything else settle itself. Yeah. I think that's the funniest thing is that that Xander Bogarts can just move over narrative. And I know he played third base when he came over or when he debuted with the Red Sox in 2013. Um, but he's been the shortstop. And I know that the when you dive into the analytics, he's not the best defensive shortstop there is. But what makes you think from the position he's played for the last nine seasons that he's just going to be fantastic at third or at second? And it's just the weirdest thing because same when you were saying like I don't know if I missed something that that was me too I'm like did I was there ever a conversation about Xander Bogarts leaving shortstop you know, <laughs> there never was the the biggest conversation that we heard last year and this and I think it's could probably fall in the same umbrella would be is when Rafi Devers you know he's not the greatest third baseman and I remember watching uh, NBC Sports. 
Boston and Lou Merloni was on and Lou was saying, well, put a first baseman glove on and throw him to the other side of the diamond. And it's like, obviously, you know, Lou more in tap, more connected, but I'm just thinking like, man, if it's that easy, one of the Sox would have done it, you know what I mean? Like, or what makes you think that Raffi can go and just play, go from the hot corner and play first base like you did, you know what I mean? Like you've made that transition, no problem. So, you know, what's to say that he can go ahead and do that? I think that it's just like, we're not, we're not playing MLB the show where we can just go ahead and take Xander Bogarts and switch his position and throw him at second base and hope that the AI of the game can take care of the rest. You know what I mean? I'm sure over time Xander Bogarts can probably become an, an adequate second baseman. Um, to me, some of the, the random that I'm hearing that fans are saying, well, stick him in the outfield. Well, I, that's to me craziness. Yeah. You know, I, I thinking about him being as a, a designated hitter to, like, I don't see him in that light just yet. And, you know, maybe that's something a few, that's a few years from now. But because I think let these guys play the positions they're going to play this year and let's see what happens. I think that's the only thing you can do is just let this year play out because there's so much unknown going into 2023. And who knows, maybe Devers will be the DH. I've been kind of advocating for that, depending on J.D. Martinez and his season. But again, that depends on J.D. Martinez. And you can't just go flip-flopping stuff in the middle of a season unless it's not working and then you're going to try it. Like, if you're so far out of it by July, go crazy. Do whatever you want. But to start the season, put everyone where they should be and let it play out. Give it, you know, 10, 20, 30 games to see how this chemistry evolves and stop making these pretend narratives and then be like, I know how to make the team better. Like, okay, great. Uh, If they want to make the team better, (laughs) I think the the first thing would be is, you know, let's – I think we need to get another right fielder and continue to add more depth within that from within from a pitching standpoint, you know, versus focusing on whether Xander Borgars should be playing shortstop this year for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I, I mean, t- even talking about sort of like the transition from third to first, I, I mean, Dalbeck was a first and third baseman throughout the minors, and we, we saw how difficult it was for him to transition. Uh, and, you know, also like when thinking about story, you know, transitioning to second, I found it was interesting. Uh, his, his confidence in how comfortable he believes that he will be over there. I mean, what's nice is that he did have a lot of experience over there with the sh- different shifts from last season. But, you know, tomorrow we're going to be two weeks away from opening day. And so the Sox got a ticking time clock to get Trevor Story um, opening day ready. You know, uh, obviously I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's been in the cage, uh, been on some fields, getting ready, getting his body ready uh, for the season to start. But it's really going to be interesting to see how he does transition, but I thought it was also um, I thought it was also interesting to hear uh, Cora and Haim also mentioned that they think that the altitude from uh, Colorado and the change to the new scenery of Boston and in, in the new sort of air in Boston is going to be a little bit tougher than that uh, position change. Yeah, for sure. You know, because it's going to be something where you know, from from his from his you know standpoint it's the only place that he's played over the course of his career. Um, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be a, a massive, you know, impact to his overall game. Um, I think just the, the biggest piece is going to be is can, you know, for me looking at it would be is can he just play, can he play an effective second base? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my biggest focus out of the whole piece. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of a change from the perspective going from Coors Field to Boston, but uh, hopefully 
plus, you know, our weather's a lot different too. That's out here, you know, but hopefully he'll be able to uh, adapt quickly. And, um, you know, we start to see him launching stuff into the monster. Yeah, that's, that's the ultimate dream. And some more spring training news aside from the Trevor Story stuff was we had our first round of cuts today. So you saw Brian Mata, Jeter Downs, Jay Groom, Josh Winkowski, and Connor Siebold option to Worcester. No real real surprise in in those cuts but now that story is going to second base and play second base for the foreseeable future what do you think that means for Jeter Downs as they've begin as, as they've begun to continue to get more depth within the middle infield um within the system I've kind of felt for me anyway that he would end up being another piece at some point that would be traded off um I don't I just don't see that long-term fit for him here in Boston between, you know, drafting Marcelo Meyer, you have Nick York, um, you know, obviously Ryan Fitzgerald's having a, a great spring, but he's not part of that conversation. But um, I think there's other players though, that, that could come up on a short term, like a Fitzgerald that could come in and help out. I, I more so see, unless he can transition to somewhere else on, on the diamond, I kind of, I more see him in a piece that can maybe bring them back another arm. I, you know, I felt that for a while that the Red Sox should try to go out and get one of those two arms from Oakland, either Frankie Montas or uh, Sean Manaya. And I feel that Jeter, uh, Jeter Downs would be a good piece in that package. I also think that Jay Groom would be a bad piece in that package either. Um, I think that they're, they're heavy on their, on left-handed arms now, but, um, but so, yeah, I, I, I don't, I just don't see a long-term with Jeter Downs here in Boston. Me either. We, you know, we saw how much he struggled uh, offensively. You know, he was able to hit home runs, but he wasn't able to get on base, um, you know, having a sub 200 uh, batting average, not only in Worcester, but also in the Arizona Fall League. Um, and you already know, I can already see it now. People on Twitter, well, Heim Bloom lost the Mookie Betts trade. Well, just to remind you, we got Alex Verdugo and same with Connor Wong as well. So, yeah, I mean, Verdugo is the. Um you know, the cornerstone piece of that. And he's now one of those players that's being built around for this new Red Sox core. Um, and again, who knows if you're able to package up downs into a package to get you something else for the roster that either that's going to help you this year, or maybe beyond. That's still part of that Mookie Betts umbrella of that trade, you know, Connor Wong, he's going to backup catcher, you know, maybe he replaces Plowecki next year for in that standpoint. Um, very small sample size. We got to see of Wong last year and he played pretty well, had a couple of uh, decent hits. I think he had like two doubles. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it as the Red Sox ever have lost that trade. I think Heim was in such a tough position taking over that team, um, sure. having, you know, face of a franchise that you weren't going to be able to resign. Oh, by the way, there was also, you know, the Alex Cora stuff that was going on, um, and having to, you know, deal with that piece. Like, Heim had a very, very um, challenging first offseason with the Red Sox. So, um, I, I don't I don't see him as lost that, that deal whatsoever. We had a lot of fun on Wednesday's episode talking about who our breakout candidates could be. There's a lot of good names on this Red Sox team that could be breakout candidates. So, for 2022, who is yours? You know, so... I would like, so speaking of Verdugo, I'd like to see him take that next step here in Boston. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see more uh, power from him as well. 
you know, there was, there was a points last year where, um, you know, he would, when he got hot, he was hot. And then when he was cold, like he was cold. So just getting those consistencies back. But I think that, I think that Verdugo could take that next step, uh, you know, um, offensively. I think we've already seen what he's done defensively. He's got a cannon of an arm. Um, he's played a, you know, played a really good left field. Be interesting to see how he plays right field if he gets some time that's over there. Um, you know, I think um, another player, though, that we might be down on that, that, could probably be that breakout offensive player is going to be Buffy Dahlbeck. And I say that from the, from the standpoint of he had a miserable start to the beginning of, of last season, you know, to the point where they had to go out and address first base and address getting another bat with getting Schwarber. And then it was the second that he, you know, they got him. It's like a, the light switch flipped inside of him and he went on an absolute tear. So I, I would love to see Dahlbeck go and take that next step. Cause I feel like, there, there's motivation to do that. Cassis is, you know, he's on the doorstep of being called up. When he gets called up, you know, where if I'm if I'm Dahlbeck, where do I play? You know, I could play some second. I'm willing to do that. He could play some shortstop. He's willing to do that. He's going to get some reps in the outfield. So I think there's that pressure to go ahead and show, like, hey, I belong here. And you know, I, I as much as I think that he could also be a trade candidate, um, I think that he that there's a reason and motivation to be a breakout candidate for this team. Um, so I think that he's probably out of everybody for me, the soft breakout one for this year. Makes sense. Uh, so, something with Verdugo that I actually read yesterday that I found interesting is, you know, I, I may agree with you that we need to see more power out of him. Um, but something that I found interesting that Alex Cora said is we don't want to go down the route that we went with, uh, Andrew Benintendi of, of him trying mm-hmm. to hit 30 home runs. Like if, if Verdugo is able to hit 300 to above 300, you know, 15 to 20 home runs, like a, a hundred RBIs. He's like, I'll be happy with that. Uh, but, but one person that I've seen you repeatedly um, mentioned as potentially having a breakout season uh, on Twitter is outfielder Jaron Duran. Obviously once he got caught up, wasn't able to acclimate too easily to the um, MLB pitching, but I want to get, I wanted you to have the opportunity to speak on your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I think that I think that Duran, he's such an interesting case because, you know, first off, like there was the immense hype that we put on as as Red Sox fans of any player that's within the system. And, you know, we get to see those very short 20, 30 second clips on Twitter of these guys launching bombs uh, at Polar Park and it gets the excitement that's there. We got to see that sample size too when he got called up. He's super fast, he's versatile, he can play all three of those outfield positions. I just, you know, and then reading Chris Cotillo's article on how he basically stopped having fun. And, you know, to, to see that and actually to kind of like read that, it was like super disheartening because like here's a player that has everything that's going uh, that's going for him. That's, you know, and then the, the future is bright that's ahead for him. So I'm hoping that he can kind of turn that piece around because the Red Sox, like they could benefit from having someone that can, you know, just – how fast that he is that's not a, a you know something that we've typically seen them use uh, speed as part of their game so being able to use that in the outfield being able to use that at the plate um i mean we got to see that clip last year that it wasn't like the inside the park home run where you know he was jamming around his bases at fenway um so you know duran have him start down at triple a worcester and just really just focus on getting on base and it's like the same thing too with like verdugo like if these guys can hit home runs let it be organic don't let it be forced don't let it be something that they feel the need to go and do that they have people in that lineup that can do that jd can hit home runs that's you know raffi's gonna hit home runs so with duran 
yeah, it's cool. It's nice. You get to see your highlight on Twitter. You get to see your highlight on Instagram. I think Durant's good focus on getting on base. He gets on base and, and tries to focus on being like a 280 hitter. And then the, the pop just happens to be there. And he's generating on-base opportunities. And, you know, I'd rather see his runs total of runs scored be a lot higher than the amount of home runs that he's trying to jack out of that park. So um, I think most importantly, though, is hopefully the kid can go back to having fun because it's fun to watch him. It was just, it was kind of, you know, when I read it, it was just kind of like, oh, man, like that kind of sucks. Like here's a player that, you know, has, again, future is super bright. And he's just like, you know, he just, he let that hype kind of, I think, get him too much. And I think too, that will come as he matures a little bit as a player and as a person where you don't really, you learn to just kind of block out that outside noise. And you mentioned some other areas of need that the Red Sox may need some help in, like particularly right field. Are there any other areas of need where you think this team should improve um, either right before opening day or maybe right after? I just continue to get pitching. And, you know, I, I think at this point it's going to be quantity over quality um, of the style of player. Like I would be completely shocked if they went out and made a trade with Oakland right now. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a team that will, unless it's like, that's going to completely, completely overpay for one of these players. Um, so I'd like for them to continue to go ahead and, and, you know, take flyers like they did with Derek Holland. You know, that that's, you know, yeah. a flyer on a player that even if he can give you innings, you know, at some point, um, they're going to need that. It's a grind of a season. So, um, and, and continue to get more for the bullpen piece. Like, I'm still nervous about Matt Barnes. I'm not sold on him just yet being, you know, that with, there's been nothing for us to see um, since the end of last season that he's going to be able to correct whatever issues that he had to be so erratic in the pen towards the end of the season. So, um, I would have loved to have seen them address and add a, even more depth to that back piece. Um, but for me, just for me, just keep getting more arms. Yeah. When you, when you mentioned, uh, quantity over quality, Derek Holland was definitely the first name that I thought of. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> when the signing was announced, that's what, that's what I said on here is I think it's more of a depth piece. And I, I think that's why we saw Heim get, you know, Rich Hill, James Paxton, a lot of people forget about he's on the team as well as uh, Michael yep. Waka. Um, I, I think another name that I saw on Oakland that it would be interesting if they try and move him is Lou Trevino. Um, they're, they're closed over there. Um, I, I agree. I, I don't really 100% trust Barnes myself. And I think it would be nice if they were able to take that workload off of him a little bit and just ha maybe have like two options like Barnes Barnes you know gets righties you know somebody else gets lefties or, or whatever you know what I mean because I mean we saw the amount of appearances that he made in the first half and how much that hurt him in the second half it's, it always feels like that you know like Alex Cora completely overuses him so hopefully there's a change too with like you know the philosophy and how they're going to you know, utilize him because they used the last handful of seasons like they've used him a lot uh, especially towards the beginning of the season. So um, I think what will be helpful is that, you know, he get if he can get a big save in Yankee Stadium to kick off the season, even like the first game of the season, you know, get that save, in, you know, in that environment and that climate with that crowd uh, and people are going to be amped up as it is coming off of, you know, Yankee fans seeing their team get bounced in, the, in that first game playoff. Um, and, you know, if he's able to get the save then, I think that's going to be a huge confidence builder. So, um but still, I, I still think that that's going to be something they're going to have to address, at, you know, adding more depth back there. And getting Hansel Robles was, was cool, uh, bringing him back. You know, it's it's cheap money and it's, uh, you know, low risk, high reward. Um, 
I don't know that the Sox would have made the playoffs without Hansel Robles. Actually, it'd be, it's crazy to say that because um, he, you know, he filled in when needed to be. He was, I wouldn't say he wasn't dominant, but he was he was definitely serviceable towards um, that that late run. So, um, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hopeful that Matt Barnes can can bring it back, but I need to see it. Very true. And uh, last thing for you, Chris, what is your record prediction for the 2022 Red Sox? It's going to be a tough division. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. You know, uh, Toronto is, um, they're loaded. Uh, yeah. Their starting pitching is, is loaded. They, their offense is loaded. I think that's the cream of the crop within the division. If you're just looking at it on paper, um, I still think that the Red Sox with the expanded playoffs, I think they're a playoff team. I think they could finish in second place. I think anything less than 90 wins would be a disappointment. Yep. And I'm going to, I'm going to start with the 90 piece only because of the fact that, you know, Chris sales on the IL going to start it out that way. And we really don't know how long he's going to be out for. So when he comes back, that's an added bump for this, for the team. Um, but even just kind of thinking about it too, is 90 wins good enough for second place. The Rays are still, you know, until the Rays, fall off the face of the earth no it's matter what happening. they do and how their roster looks um i still think you got to give them the benefit of the doubt um baltimore is still their building they're not there yet and i just i don't know i don't i'm not super confident with the yankees pitching and i i don't know if they have they have the ability to go out and make the make the moves but i just don't know if they have enough pieces from a pitching standpoint so i know a lot of people said the red sox maybe third or fourth place i think second place and 90 anything less than 90 wins would be disappointing very true. And, you know, we saw the predictions last season and there's a lot of people who are wrong. So uh, especially with this story signing and, you know, that I think the energy and the chemistry that this team has is going to help them really um, separate themselves from other teams. And I, I think it's going to really help them be able to get some of those tough wins, especially uh, when, when they're close. But really appreciate you taking the time today, Chris, for anybody that wants to support you, read your stuff, support the podcast. Where can they find all that? So you can follow me. Uh, so it's, it's at Chris Henrik. Um, and then if you're looking for Sox content, um, so the Beyond the Monster, um, just, I'm super excited to see how it, you know, that Twitter handle continue to grow with the full season coming up. Um, but that's Beyond the, and then it's Monster, but you got to drop the ER. I mean, the E before the R. Um, and there's a link tree too on my bio and you can see all of the different uh, Twitter handles that's attached to that. So I'm excited to engage Red Sox fans and, multiple different ways this this coming season yeah definitely go and follow chris over there he also has uh socks dingers um socks specs i believe as well he does a great job of covering all the different aspects of the boston red Sox. so definitely go and check him out over there uh really appreciate you taking the time today chris and uh lastly go socks we hope that you did enjoy our conversation with chris henry but we want to hear your guys's thoughts on the introductory press conference with Trevor Story. So if you don't yet, go over and follow Lockdown Red Sox on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox because we want to be the most engaging Red Sox podcast that is out there. So we want to hear your thoughts on what is going on around the team. So if you have not yet, make sure to go, go over and follow us there. Also follow myself on Twitter. It's at Jake Iggy as well as my co-host Lauren. That's la la la. Three Laws, Lauren with four R's. But I want to thank everybody so much again for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul, 
Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And as I mentioned before, what's also free as well and available wherever you get your podcast is all the other Locked On podcasts that are on the Locked On Network because they do a great job of giving you tons of information about Either it's about a specific team, a specific league. So definitely go and check out the other Locked On podcast for whatever your favorite teams are. And also get ready for tomorrow's episode because we have a very, very special guest. But I'm not going to give you any sneak peeks. I'm going to allow you to get ready and excited for tomorrow's episode because you definitely don't want to miss it. And if you have not yet, subscribe on whatever audio platform that you're listening to or also on YouTube if you're watching the video version because we try our best to give you guys exciting and entertaining Red Sox content and to also put out the best information possible to help you be a very knowledgeable Red Sox fan. So make sure to subscribe because we post Monday through Friday and baseball and the Red Sox are back baby and we couldn't be more excited. But as always, greatly appreciate all the support that you guys give us on a daily basis. Be well, take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you guys and see you guys tomorrow. Peace.